0: Hey, welcome back, friends. This is Sam Denning, your host of The Rift, Enlightenment Within the Divide. Joining us in conversation this week is Anthony Patrick. Uh, he goes by Tony, or at least to me, he goes by Tony. He's become a good friend of mine. I've known him for a few years, uh, kind of off and on, but he's a general contractor, a master plumber, and a property owner in Huntington, West Virginia. He has done a lot of very, very good work for me, um, and he always has good conversations with me. We've actually become friends. Our family is starting to do things together, our children. So um, I thought I've been trying to get Tony on here for the past couple months. uh, And, you know, we're going to talk a little bit about political things because this is the time. There's an election in three weeks. But he has some very fundamental kind of questions that are almost important to ask of anybody running for politics Um, that he wants to kind of address and bring up and and, and just have a a frank conversation about. So everybody, uh, enjoy the conversation and welcome Tony Patrick. All right, Tony, welcome to the studio.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, man, it's been a while. It's hard with our kids to get anything to line up other than working, and I think that's because we're more free when we're actually working than we are when we are home. Correct. Yeah. Um, So, you know, I've been wanting you to come on here, and every time we cross paths with each other, you keep telling me different ideas of things that you want to talk to, some of which were, I don't know, questions that you would want to ask uh, of our past presidents or or questions of the current, you know, I can't remember what it was, but they, 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 you always have some very good points that you want to make and some, uh, you know, ideas that you want to raise and, and discuss. So this week, you have a particular topic that you wanted to discuss. And I said, sure, let's go for it. So, what do you want to talk about?
2: Um, I think it's important um, when we look at a politician that's running for office to see what their motivations are. Um, um, whether they want to uh, serve the people or follow uh, what the people want. Um, not so much what the political elite want or, um, the, um, uh, com- uh the commercial elite. Um, uh, you know, I, I think that, um, we're, we're a government of the people by the people. And, um, it just seems to me that we're going off track as a nation and um, giving a lot of our own responsibilities. We're handing them over to a all-powerful government. and um, The state. The state, yes. As it's uh, referred
0: to in quotes, the
2: state. Right. Um, and I think there's some dangers involved in that. Um, I think that we the people um, are not representing ourselves we become um um pretty much uh, a prisoner of the political elite and they make the decisions for us whether we want those decisions made or n- or not made um so um i think there's some fundamental questions that we should ask our politicians that um uh, we don't ask um for example, um, um, Joe Biden wants to uh, grow the powers of government. There's several things that um, he has mentioned. Um, one is uh, expanding uh, the power of the Senate, uh, whether um, to gain more power through uh creating two more states, uh, Puerto Rico and um, D.C., and that would add four more senators. And they believe, when I say they, the political elite, believe that um, those people would be voting the way that they would want them to vote.
0: Yeah, that's their reasoning for wanting to have them become states because they think that it'll gain them a political advantage correct yeah it's not because they really care about offering something to these places it's all for politics you know puerto rico we want you to be a state so that you get so much better health care whatever no it's they really are just doing it because they want two democratic senators in this case
2: also um you have the issue of uh packing the courts um that's um one of the concerns of that's uh, the same thing as the states in my opinion
0: it's like packing the senate and packing the courts you know you don't within the current rules that we have and the current number of states we have well how do we fix that since we don't have the majority and this could work for either party but it just so happens to be that the democratic party is the one that's actually saying this and you know but um you know, you don't you don't have the majority. So you when you do gain the majority, you add the you pack the court. So you have more justices. You're able to your president and power is able to appoint those justices. So obviously they're going to be more leaning your way and then you're going to get these, quote, new states and they're going to have, you know, I, in this case, left leaning senators. So it's like you're packing Congress and the, the court's. So that you hope to withhold, you hope to maintain power even longer.
2: Yes, and uh, not only uh, are those issues going to be major issues in um, this year's election, um, the Second Amendment, Um, it seems to me that it's hard to say that you're a party that uh, believes in the Constitution and at the same time you want to... Get rid of things that you don't like particularly um, that um, make it easier for you to maintain your power or to expand your power um, you know you look at any foreign nation that um, has not allowed its citizen its citizenry to protect itself it, it has fallen to um, regimes that are not in the best interest of the people and um i think um rejecting uh obvious parts of our constitution is um not following the constitution
0: okay well let me throw something in here that i wanted to i've been thinking about and i've thought about it often about you know, adding states. Um, we have, as a country, added states periodically since our existence. We've had, we had a bunch, I don't know, 13 or something originally. Um, I think the most recent states that were added were Hawaii in 1959 and Alaska in 1959. And is it, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, could it not have been true at that time Um, That politics were involved in making those
2: states. Yeah, often in politics, you see that the very thing that you think is going to be an advantage for you for some time comes back to bite you. Yeah, Harry Reid. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Getting rid (laughs) comes to mind.
0: But but the reason I'm throwing that out there is were they thinking the same thing then, and they were trying to quote pack Congress with these two other states, or was there another reason, or because people could look back on adding Puerto Rico and What's the other one?
2: Hawaii, or, or uh,
0: DC? DC, DC. People could look at adding DC and Puerto Rico and just say that was just you know look at it thirty years from now and just say oh that was like when we added Hawaii and we added Alaska.
2: Yes, I mean they could very well easily turn to the other pa- uh, the other party or another party might emerge. Well, I am
0: just saying is that, could that be just considered the growth of the nation and it's expanding? right now we're looking at it through a lens of um, politics and you know this party is going to gain two more seats but in the history of the U.S. there's been seats gained continuously because there's been more country uh, states added. You follow what I'm saying? Yes. So is that necessarily a valid argument because I'm sure those same arguments even though bo- podcasting didn't exist back then those same arguments were probably true then as well.
2: Well I think our forefathers argued these things uh, they must a, have. a lot of things that um passionately mm-hmm. and because um, I think that's a legitimate debate. like you said, that's a question worth debating it, um often in in politics uh, the 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 motivation of the time will come back and bite another party and um make things different than they were originally intended. It's pretty clear that the Democrat party is doing it for
0: political gain. Yeah. Political yeah to gain. get four for more, more four more democratic senators. Correct. Um, and things always do swing back and forth. You know, people get uh, well, like with Obama, it, it just always swings. It seems like we have a Republican president for, you know, normally eight years and then democratic for eight years because the people in the middle, they get, well, let's try something different. Let's try something, you know, the same thing happens on the state level. Usually. Um, That's where I think I'm taking this somewhat of a little bit of a, a different direction, but I think that we're not doing the people any service by allowing politicians to serve so long. Like there need to be, because at the end the almighty is not the USA it's them well they're, they're, yeah they're, they're serving themselves um and whatever keeps them in and we need to have them more devoted to doing what's right for the country which I think the only way to truly measure whether someone's able to do that or not is to give them a time limit like you know you're going to vote right if you know that nothing you do matters like you're not up for re-election
2: well our our forefathers it is pretty clear that they didn't want a class of people that rule over another group of people it is correct that's that what they left they it is it's pretty apparent that they wanted the people to govern themselves
0: yeah to keep everybody in check
2: but when you allow someone to be in office for 40, 50 years in some cases. Um, you have, our forefathers talked about a natural tendency for a human being to not always do what is in the people's interest, but to do what is in their interest or their family's interest. Um, you know, you can see many examples, uh, in the, uh, in the government now. um, I think I read a Wall Street Journal article many moons ago um, about Al Gore. He entered politics with five million dollars of net worth, and exited politics making a hundred, on average, a hundred and thirty thousand dollars, and exited with unreal five hundred million dollars. How does that happen? It's because he was looking out for his interest instead of the people's interest. Um, there's other examples. You know, there's the case of uh, Biden enriching himself uh, and his family. Um, there's plenty of stories out there uh, about Biden um, getting uh, one, $1. $1.5 billion from the Chinese uh, or uh, the Ukraine. Um, barisma and um uh, different uh, investment firms that his son is involved in. His, I think his brother is involved in um, uh, certain con- government contracts. Uh, you have um, Pelosi, who's enriched herself and her family. Um, you have uh, Maxine Waters, whose husband uh works in the banking industry yet but yet we allow her to uh participate on the banking committee
0: yeah and regulate uh, banking
2: yes and he uh has an advantage by um consulting or the banks hiring him as a consultant and uh uh knowing the ins and outs of how to navigate uh the government regulations um um I don't think these are things that our forefathers uh, intended um, to happen. And uh, you're right about the um, the restriction on the time that someone serves their nation. Um, it was supposed to be a system where you serve your nation, you go back to the farm, and you plow your fields and make a living for your family. And your family be a a major focus Uh, but now we have professional politicians um, that uh, are now not only being in office for uh, many years they're coalescing power Um, and um, I think that's the very thing that our forefathers did not want to see
0: yeah I, I think so too um they probably never envisioned you know people did live to be in their 80s and 90s back then but not fairly as often i i wonder what the average length of a you know a senator's term in office is these days and another thing too is most of the um politicians anymore most of them um are career lawyers um they're not you know, you could look up at the makeup in the past uh, and it was mostly military people and the makeup has changed so drastically. There's hardly any military people in our Congress and now and hardly any normal, like what you would consider working class people. And it's all just, uh, bullshitters basically. (laughs) And I mean, no offense to lawyers, but that's about, you know, what, what it is. Um, I don't know. I mean, it just seems like the the makeup of that is totally changed as well. There's so many fundamentally uh, screwed up things. It seems like,
2: right. Um, one of the things I was wanting to talk about um, during our conversation here is uh, questions we'd ask our leaders um, to kind of reconcile some of the um, problems. Um, I'll give you an example, uh, you know, Joe Biden, it's obvious he wants to expand Medicare, Medicaid, and have a, uh, centralized, uh, controlled medical, um, uh, medical provided by the government healthcare system, a, a healthcare system provided by the government. And, um, the constitution is something that was written to limit government's powers and you're wanting to add to those powers, how do you reconcile you saying that you are a person who vows to follow the constitution and at the same time, expand government's powers. And, um, I think the same thing should be asked of, uh, our president. Um, you know, you've, made many executive orders um how do you reconcile um giving yourself the power to legislate um and uh create a fourth branch of government and um have um regulation which is not law be something that the people have to answer to and um, how do you reconcile having so much power in that fourth branch of government that our forefathers warned against why you said that you wanted to drain the swamp. Why aren't we getting rid of OSHA? Why aren't we getting rid of the IRS, uh, the environmental protection agency, um and the list goes on and on and on um h- how do you reconcile um uh, coalescing all these powers into a branch of government that the american people have to answer to but is not law
0: yeah and i'll answer for them it's that none of them truly care about the constitution they all care about how they can stay in their positions or move up more quickly and easier Um, All of them, all the politicians, uh, I talked about this before we started recording, but they seem to defer major decisions that would sway people one way or the other, fundamental decisions. Like you're wanting to ask them, they seem to enjoy all the fanfare of the media, but when it comes to actually making the decision, deferring it to, quote, the fourth branch of government, some bureaucrat nobody elects, or allowing it to move up into the Supreme Court and allow judges to make a decision on it that are um, life terms. Therefore, there's no accountability for the politician. So when the rubber hits the road on these actual decisions and actual legislation that needs to be made for the people, they can all wash their hands of it. Why? So they can stay there longer. They're not serving the Constitution. They're serving themselves all of them. That's how you reconcile it. All of them. Some of them might be following it a little bit more closely, but, um, we're very far from what the constitution, I think originally was intended to say. And I, you know, I I don't think that we're living that world right now at all. And you can blame that on the fourth branch of government, the deep state, the swamp, whatever, you know, unelected bureaucrats that have, been put in office over several different administrations and you know they can't be fired you know and this is a side note but the only people i think that have continuously been paid during this pandemic are government employees um you know they've got the most cush (laughs) jobs that ever existed um they probably got bonuses but uh
2: unlimited supply of money
0: yeah unlimited supply of money um but i think that the issue for everybody is how can we get something a decision made on something hopefully it's in our favor but without touching it so no one can pin me down and I lose an election and that is done either through bureaucrats that are unelected or through activist judges or or conservative judges that do follow the Constitution you know so they both lean on it either way right so I think when the rubber hits the road, none of them are truly worried about maintaining the Constitution fully. I mean, even, even Trump. But I think Trump's doing a better job than any president has done in modern history at trying and trying to remove some of these things and get people out of the deep state. But, you know, don't think for one minute that they don't play that same game. You know, I thought when it came to the unemployment battle and all that stuff back in July, that they actually all wanted it to fail, both the Republicans and the Democrats, because they had ulterior motives. And then Trump came out and signed an executive order, you know, extending the unemployment benefits and some things. You remember that back at the end of July or the first? Yes. And that they all secretly loved that because it gave them all what they wanted, because their constituents obviously want to keep getting paid. But they didn't have to actually do it. And they thought, well, we all hate Trump anyway. And we're going to keep acting like we hate him. So when he makes these orders, we're going to say he's a dictator. But secretly, we're going to go back to our office and go, hell yeah, everybody in my state still got unemployment benefits. When you really should be thanking Trump for taking the fall for you. So in that instance, Trump acted like a third party person. Because both of them were bickering over it. They wanted a deal, but they didn't want to act like they were agreeing with each other because to do that would affect their election outcomes. You can't tell someone in your state, if you're a hardcore right-leaning state, that you compromised with a Democrat, right? Correct. Yeah, it's all political. So what do they do? They all say, F it, we're not doing it at all. And then they talk behind closed doors, even Nancy Pelosi, I'm betting, to Donald Trump, just do it, just give an executive order, just do it and then we're all going to act like we hate you it's all political drama i swear that has to be how that went down because it benefited all americans that to me is a perfect example of how they play it and can you see it you can yes, see it yes I can see it. so i think that same way on that microcosm of that issue at the end of july into august and how trump ended up coming through and everybody has their opinions about trump all screw him for doing it or he's a dictator what he did was made both parties happy because they got their outcome without having to vote on it, and that is what's going on. With judges are being used for that, um, unelected bureaucrats that have been in, are being used for the same thing. Let's push this, kick the can down the road, especially on very serious, very partisan issues. At least the media can make them partisan. They try. They're damnedest to stay, the politicians to stay in power. So they push these things around until those people end up making the decision. Then there's never a floor vote on it. And then there's never, there's no accountability. They want to live in these positions forever and not have the accountability of the people. They can sit and lie to the people and say, well, I didn't vote for that. Or I did vote for this. Or, you know, that wasn't my fault. It was, uh, you know, the Supreme courts.
2: Well, one of the major questions that we need to ask ourselves Um, as people that follow politics, uh, is how long exactly is this sustainable? We talk about sustainability in our environment, but we never talk about sustainability as far as our national debt. The programs that we institute that take enormous amounts of money, trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars of of unpaid liabilities. Um, All of this is going to come to a head at one point. And um, everyone's going to throw their hands up and say, I'm not responsible, but they are responsible and you cannot print money. There's going to be a time where the rubber's going to hit the road and someone has to lead this nation and um neither party is doing that right well i think
0: that's one of the reasons trump's hated so much but he's, it all it he's all, trying it, to do it yeah. somewhat he, he's bucking this uh both democrats and both democrats and republicans um for you know throughout modern history have been riding the same down like, the same river it gets
2: back to power
0: yeah exactly they've been riding down the same river so to speak and uh trump has kind of said i don't like the way this river's flowing i'm going to build a dam down here and try to slow this um let's just not even call it a river it's like an avalanche of sludge and he's like i'm going to try to slow this sludge to, to 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 more of a trickle by putting a dam in the way here and just letting a little bit out of a time you know, I'll still let some BS out of here because it kind of has to, but I mean, we don't need it just pouring out of our out of our Congress and out of these unelected officials. So I'm going to try to clean out. And, and what's what's happening is because they're all united in this, they all they all all the politicians reap the benefits of being an elected politician. You know, being able to do backhand deals, do things locally that help your you know your own family and stuff. They all do it. That's why they don't really hold any of them to account a slap on the wrist because if I look at them too hard you know like Lindsey Graham and I like Lindsey Graham but oh they might come after me because I'm probably doing something too
2: well this all gets back to the very reason we were gonna have our conversation it doesn't function is that uh, the powers in our constitution are enumerated there's not an infinite supply of power out there the constitution holds that there's boundaries on their power and we, the American people are part of the problem because we vote for people who promise us everything, this grand utopia. And our forefathers recognized that the, the closest thing to utopia is freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, you look at pl- any place where there is not freedom, um, They have restriction upon restriction. You are not, you are a slave to the state or the king or the, uh, the, the ruler of that land. Um, great nations, wealthy nations have fallen because they have promised way too much. And uh, something that comes to mind is uh, um, Paul Harvey's chains If you have not listened to that, it is, it is a must. Mm -hmm. It, he talks about the fate of nations when the nation becomes fat, lazy, um, wants to be paid a lot for a little. Um, and he talks about the downfall of taxation, um, And what our forefathers wanted was to, there wasn't an IRS developed by our original forefathers. That didn't come about until 1916. Mm -hmm. Um, I know know a lot about about
0: that, actually. I read a bunch about that.
2: Paul Harvey talks about the unfeathered powers that we gave government when we didn't restrict how much they could tax us. There was no tax, direct tax, on the citizenry until 1916. It was
0: all just the tax on alcohol, literally. It was just tariffs. That, too. It was tariffs, and then it was um, a sales tax, and it was a sales tax only. They called it an excise tax on liquor and beer. That ran the entire government up until 1916. And one of the ways, I hate to get, get into this, but it's fascinating as all get out, one, there was lobbying going on in the 16s to 1916, and and you know, but one of the ways that they were able to get the um, prohibition, I can't remember which amendment that is, but they couldn't push prohibition through because that was how they funded the government. So one of the ways is they somebody came up with, well, let's just tax people's income, and then we can do prohibition because we'll have another source. So one of the big, huge spearheaders of getting rid of prohibition were the very, very wealthy Americans who realized, whoa, wait a minute. They thought if they repealed prohibition, it would go back to normal. Well, it never did. Did you know that?
2: No. Did not know that. It's
0: huge. It's also, it's in sidestep with women's suffrage, women's getting the right to vote. So many people back then still didn't actually want women the right to vote, which is absurd, but they figured, and it was lobbying. If they could get, there were so many people that wanted us to be, you know, have alcohol prohibited, that they were willing to get women the right to vote because they thought they would get on board with prohibition. And guess what? They did. Isn't that crazy? They lobbied back then for women's suffrage and they helped. And they realized if we they were working deals, if we can get these women the right to vote, they'll, the majority of them will probably vote to prohibit alcohol. We also have to come up with a way to fund the government. All of that was, pieces of all of that was related to prohibition. Now, it would have happened anyway eventually, but I find it fascinating. It, uh, you should read the book, and this is kind of a side note, but you should read the book called Last Call, The Rise and Fall of Prohibition.
2: Um, it's very interesting. You know, I, I was sitting here listening to you and, um, um, we, we have a, a party that wants to get rid of history. And one of the things is, is that we need to, uh, realize our history. And there's a lot that I don't know and you don't know about history, but we seem to, pretty you know well mm-hmm. educated as far as you know uh we have three branches of government AOC uh, I don't think she's in, she's in our government and I don't think she knows how many <laughs> um branches of government there is but you know if you were to go out onto the street and ask young folks you know just simple questions um I don't know if you've seen it on on, on television where, oh, yeah, where they ask somebody something and they're like what or they just give some total hairbrain. yeah um we fought for our independence in uh, uh 1976 yeah yeah they saw that on those bicentennial quarters <laughs> yes. that's what it was but um History is, uh, very valuable. And I think that, uh, history is, uh, being distorted, uh, rewritten, uh, torn down. And you look at all regimes of the past that, um, wanted, uh, ultimate power. Uh, you know, someone like history, he, he, he burned books. Oh, Hitler. Yeah. Yes. Um, he, uh, um, educated his uh, the youth in things that were, you know, of no consequence to them. Um, it was purely about allegiance to him and his state. Um, and anything separate from that, he disallowed. Um, look at our youth in our nation. Look at the path that we are going down now. Um, there seems to be people in government that um wants a re education of factual things that happen mm-hmm. in our world. Yeah. And um when you get people believing things that simply aren't true, uh, you have The divide and the chaos now because they have nothing to measure that off of uh to 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 reference um and um it it leads us to a very divided nation Um, um imagine a world where our youth are educated in history being very well educated in it and civics and civics and things like that. They would have a reference to know what is going to be good or bad for our country. There are kids that don't have a clue. Right. They're being taught um, social justice issues, y- yeah, well, another, feminism, uh, multiculturalism, uh, this, environmentalism. All of the isms instead of reading, writing, arithmetic and History, critical thinking, and critical thinking, especially. Yeah, like like let me throw this out there
0: here. Just within the last couple of years, and it seems like definitely this year, twenty twenty, is just a complete cluster, right? Well, um, words like what words used to mean are changing, and I'm going to give you a great example. Um for instance you, you you want you need people to have faith in the institutions especially the institutions of justice the court system you, you you need to try no matter what no matter how unjust you think it is or whatever you need to take the decisions they give and and believe them because that's the best we got and it's the best in the world and when you start questioning it you got serious problems well i'm going to go to this Brianna Taylor thing all right, it went through a grand jury it it was an awful accident um, There's a lot of things going both ways but through our justice system that none of the officers were found you know to be charged with um, anything related to her death okay well so in the vice presidential debate and I'm going to get to how this they're changing the definitions of what words mean you know they literally the moderator literally asked uh, Senator Kamala Harris she worded it this way. Was, justiced, was justice served in the Breonna Taylor grand jury decision? Kamala Harris's answer was no. This is what I mean. The question's worded wrong. They are changing the definition of justice because justice was served. What do they change it to? The question really was, was revenge served in the Breonna Taylor decision? And the answer would be No, not yet.
2: Uh, That's a fantastic point. Um,
0: And that's what they're making. Justice right now is revenge. That is what the street mobs are trying to convince us of. Mob rule. Mob rule. Um, No, revenge has not quite yet been served on Breonna Taylor. It doesn't need to be, but justice was. The alternative. And they're getting people, they're getting youth especially, and lots of adults, I'm sorry to cut you off, conditioned to tie those together, that justice is revenge. It's not revenge. Justice is blind. It truly is blind. They were presented all the facts. They came up with the best it, and if you don't have faith in that, and here is a woman that claims to not question her because of her background in the as a attorney general and a freaking prosecutor, but yet she's wanting the entire American population to question a grand jury decision? That's the exact opposite of what a truly professional uh, attorney general that you should truly not question you you know what i'm talking about well, that, when
2: I refer. like of well, course i'm going to question you because you're not even acting like a professional well that's one of the major issues now i mean um we have a very very well thought out system our forefathers were brilliant men fourth fifth sixth amendment are something that are not enjoyed in in other countries um If someone or the government views you a certain way, the mob will hang you and justice is served in the U S you have a system which protects people from unlawfully being accused or they get to speak and take up for themselves. Um, yeah. and And, and, and one of the, one of the things that I see is tell me, exactly black lives matter what is the alternative to our system well mob they, rule they tell you mob rule we'll go burn shit down yeah it's we'll not destroy people's well, property like, like i was just saying some the alternative
0: the alternative isn't justice it's revenge that's well, that is what they're trying to convince people of justice has never served in any of these cases is because we really want
2: Revenge. Is there any wonder that people that are on the right are accusing people, the, these people that are going out and protesting, of um, a change in our system, and it frightens the hell out of the majority of Americans because the alternative is is chaos. Yes, um, a r- authoritarian rule or a tyrant coming into office, saying that we're just going to go and take this groups of this group, we're going to take their property because we see that there's another yep. group over here that is deserving of it. They work just as hard. Um, they we yeah, want. I mean, we want an equal outcome. And so we'll just take from this group and give to this group and, and one to appease them. Two is to gain more power yeah. and to get away from the rule of law and our system of government. It just seems to me that there is a concerted effort by the left to destroy everything that's good about America. And the alternative is mob rule, chaos. Yeah, it
0: sure it sure feels that way right now. I mean, I want to say, back to this Kamala Harris, and I hate to hound on it, but it's so much can be learned from thinking of it this way. Um, What if they had worded a question going, uh, all right, Senator Harris, if all three of the officers that were in charge of the grand jury, if they lined them up and shot all three of them in the head, was justice served? Okay.
2: Correct. What?
0: What? Why wouldn't that be a wrong question asker? And they what would, would her answer still be?
2: Still not be happy because? No. She,
0: exactly. She would go. No. That's just revenge. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. Tell me the difference between the two. That is critical. If you can think of it like that, just with that one question about the Breonna Taylor case. No. All. All that. All that Senator Harris is doing is. Making and planting seeds of doubt in our entire j- criminal justice system, which can, which is irreparable. It is reprehensible.
2: Well, it comes out of Saul Alinsky's book, Rules for Radicals. Yeah, it, it, These tactics are spelled out in that book. Um, this is how you take over a country. Um, this is how it's done through mob rule. Uh, if you know anything about Alinsky, he was, uh, someone who hung around the mob, mob like tactics. Um, you know, just go and destroy, burn down, kill, destroy to get what you want. Yeah. Yeah. Was justice served for Breonna Taylor if they burned down the
0: entire town of Louisville?
2: No. And it hurts the people that have the least. And. And it inflames, I think it inflames them even more.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's okay to get back to that. It's okay to say, yes, justice was served in our system. I understand that people are not happy with the outcome, but with all the evidence present exactly what, uh, the attorney general Cameron said, exactly what he said. And he got absolutely crucified for saying it in Kentucky. And he told the truth. It, it blows my mind i've i you know i've told people here recently if you don't you know read the transcripts of some of the things that trump says instead of listening to him if you don't like the guy read the transcripts read the transcripts of what kamala harris says or what the, if anybody cuz then it removes the fact that you're apparently some people though they might say that i'm So and so's racist or whatever. And, and, and okay, let's just say, well, I read it. I didn't, you know, it takes out the appearance of skin color, somebody's gender. Just read their words. And when you read the, and I've done it because I heard this from uh, somebody I listened to on the radio. Back when Charlottesville happened, the one that Trump constantly gets misquoted as saying that there was good people on both sides and that, that, that apparently means he was condoning white supremacy. Well, that was one of the best speeches he's ever given, actually. And when you read it, he vehemently rejects white supremacy. And you you read it, and it takes all the things that you might hate about Trump's style out of it. And you read it on a transcript, and you go, Wow, why is this still even a question? And even more importantly, why is it a question worthy enough of asking in a presidential debate? where it continues to raise another question. It's not a qu- He already answered it.
2: Well, like, and, and, gets-
0: and so, so like it, it, it's all in the media. And like I had you watch the social dilemma and I've done a little podcast on the social dilemma too, but like part of the problem, and I explained this to some people, in my family as well is the media is controlling us too. So like there's a lot of things that I don't like about Trump and he gives the media a lot of one liners, but it's all in how they want to present it to people and keep pushing it and pushing it down people's throats. Oh, there's an
2: absolute distortion Oh, of yeah, and so if, and, if, if and people can step... Distortions are hard to argue. I mean...
0: Yeah, and it's hard, and I agree that it happens on both
2: sides. part of the truth is there, but like you said, later on, he made well, like, further in his statement. He, <laughs> yeah, like he, he said... Uh, he says, uh, I don't like the KKK, and I don't like white supremacists, and how many times do I have to say it?
0: Yeah, you know, like he makes a statement about... Uh, Ballots being thrown in a river. Somebody can go to Snopes and say that's a false statement because the mail carrier threw the ballots in a ditch. So what is the person, you know, it's all nuances that are, but it happens on both sides. And my point is, is that we can never have any more. It seems like it's very difficult to have a common conversation and just say to someone, Hey, um, why don't you read the transcripts that from Trump and that, and that Charlottesville thing that gets quoted so much. Why don't you read them? Well, no one generally anymore because we're so divided will actively go out and read it because they don't want to know anything different than what they're already being fed by the media. They don't want to. And it's like the words are out there to get. Um, I mean, I, I went out and I did look into the stuff they said about Joe Biden. Cause I already know about Trump and the things they did say about Joe Biden were true. He is doing the green new deal. He does want to get rid of fracking. He said it. And I'm not taking it out of context. And I can only base my thoughts on the whole situation, on what I actually take in. And I try to look at everything. I read through CNN. I read all the news things. And I think they're all kind of filling us with stuff. You've heard my thoughts on and I'm a little bit more concerned about that than anything else. But, We need to have more people just well grounded in who they are, um, not buying into this stuff. But we, the thing that's very irritating, and I keep going back to that with Kamala Harris and saying that no, justice wasn't served for Breonna Taylor. She, of all people, should be saying, yes, justice was served, but it doesn't make anybody happy. There's nothing wrong with saying that. But no, she says justice wasn't served. And it's like, no, revenge wasn't served. You know, nobody, it's just, and I know I'm pounding this, but
2: it just, it is disgraceful. Well, she does it for the reason. To rile up that,
0: those lunatics.
2: Yes, absolutely. And, um, if you can get a disgruntled group, more disgruntled, uh, and more upset, um, I mean, Um, she believes that somehow they're going to equate to more votes, more votes. Yep. Well, you know, I, I've had my run in
0: with law enforcement and the judicial system. And do I think that the outcome in my mind was justice? No, but I'm an active party in it. I can come to terms with, that's not my decision. Justice was served. I mean, you have to respect it. You have to move on with it. I fought with it for a long time. No, you know. Does everybody involved think justice is served? Probably not. Rarely is quote what everyone's idea of justice is ever served. Well, you know, justice is what the court puts out. Well, for those period. people that
2: get upset, um, you know, that's one of the things I think that Trump is focused on in the first part of his administration. And in my opinion, has done a fantastic job and i don't think that he's doing it particularly to get a vote from a black person he is doing it or or someone who couldn't afford a lawyer uh he's doing it because he saw a flaw in the way that people were being prosecuted and the amount of time that they had to serve uh the lady that uh um he pardoned, I, I forgot her name. I think it's something Johnson. I think, yes, Miss Johnson. Uh, she had 30 years for an ounce of weed, her first offense. And wow. Trump, of all people, was the person who made that right, pardoned her, and now she's helping young ladies in the prison system. And uh, she gets to enjoy uh, her family again and uh she seems to be reformed um and (laughs) it wasn't probably wasn't much to reform (laughs) no um so you know he's caused a lot of good but people are so adhered to their their party instead of saying hey trump did a good job i have not heard anyone on cnn msnbc say hey he, he saved a lady's life um, and helped her in ways that Obama did not help her or Joe Biden didn't help her. And I'm sure these things were pointed out to these guys, uh, just like it was Trump. But he's a doer and he fixed the problem. And I think it led to the prison reform and some of the other things that um, um, he has done. He, he's gotten it done because he's a doer. He, he doesn't let it sit on his desk and gather dust. He wipes that issue off, takes care of that problem, and moves on to the next one and the next one and the next one. It seems to me that some politicians like issues Setting on the desk so that they can argue them until the end of time. Right, so they get reelected because they don't make
0: it. It's the same sort of thing. Yeah, just that Mm -hmm. we talked about earlier. Not
2: really address the issue because it's too polarizing. Um, Moving the embassy to Jerusalem comes to mind. Who in the world or which president even gave that one bit of attention. All I think the last five presidents said that they were going to take care of that problem. None of them had the political wherewithal. They thought the wrath of God was going to come down on the Middle East and there was going to be such chaos. Trump proved everybody wrong. There wasn't mass chaos, bombs being thrown. Um, matter of fact, if anything, by taking out Salam, mommy, Solomon. money, uh, taking him out, um, was a signal to Iran. Do not mess with me
1: mm-hmm.
2: and strength through power. And we can put a bomb anywhere we want, um, strength through power and not bowing down to, uh, uh, tyrants around the world is what Trump has done, and he is winning on multiple issues in foreign affairs. Uh, um, he's been well, probably his, one of the best presidents ever, and the media hasn't given him credit. The well, thing that he's <laughs> not winning on is his personality to to the people that don't like him,
0: and the fact that the media can magnify that to the gazillionth degree. Where that's all these people get fed all day is his personality. Now I know that that's got got done to Obama too, not necessarily the personality thing, but you know media here in the last. But 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 for Trump, it's been unbelievable. Like that, it's been I mean, like the Russia collusion investigation and and all that. It's just
2: unbelievable. Um, well, it gets back to the adherence to party instead of just common sense um it, 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 where um you can admit that um uh, as a party one of the things that the left believes is that we don't want to go into frivolous wars trump has has accomplished not going to to war with another nation during his presidency, and he also promised to pull out uh, of these countries. The party that uh, supposedly is not for war all of a sudden wants to uh, say that uh, if we remove our our um, our troops from uh, these nations, uh, there's going to be chaos. And, um, he's been bold in, uh, removing, uh, uh, the troops, um, and criticized by the party that claims to, um, be a champion of, uh, not going to war. Um, so, um, what do you say? I mean, it. it at, at the, the adherence to uh, the party is more important than admitting that Trump's done well. And, uh, yeah, absolutely. It, it's just amazing to me, uh, on many other issues, uh, you know, uh, that are out there, uh, um, the adherence to party is more important than admitting that, um, Trump is uh, great with the economy. He has record low unemployment, and uh, many, in just about every category, and um, nearly a record setting, in overall unemployment. Um, so, and yet the media just can't bring themselves to give him any praise for that. And getting back to some foreign uh, issues, is he's he's been nominated twice for a Nobel Peace Prize. Where have you heard that in the media for uh, the two countries signing with Israel in a peace deal? and he's bringing and and from what I understand, they have several people in the waiting uh, readily wanting to sign into that same agreement uh, and and ultimately have peace in the Middle East. Who ever thought that? And instead of giving the guy credit, they ignore or distort any of his accomplishments, and uh, it's it's really sad. Um, I think if you're an American, it's sad. I think it's sad
0: whoever's president to be doing things like that.
2: We all should be proud of it. Yeah, we should all be whether proud it's of a Republican it. or a Democrat. Yeah, we should be. A, we when should they all accomplish a major accomplishment like that, whether it be low unemployment. Um, we should all that should be something that brings us all together. Yeah, and that's why I think about with the media that it's our it literally is the enemy of the
0: enemy of the people because they're not doing anybody any service by getting us so entrenched and so divided and so um you know, does Trump say things that could probably you know, that are not probably, but that, that are divisive? Yeah, but I mean, they're only as divisive as the media wants to make them
2: both sides yeah both sides yeah
0: like it's only as divisive you know if nobody hears it or it doesn't get amplified and it doesn't get i mean who's the one that wants to make it divisive like i don't know i'll just leave that to the listener to decide um anyway i we've been talking now for about an hour i mean do you want to keep going it's up to you uh you know, we got, we got three weeks until election day and I've been talking a lot more about politics and I think it's because it's always on my mind and I'm a doom, more of a doom and gloom type of person. Uh, and I went to Walmart yesterday and I bought a bunch of canned goods and ramen noodles and things like that because, and soups and dry beans and rice, same thing as when the pandemic came, um, Because I think that no matter what happens, November third and the ensuing the days that follow, I think that the country is going to be in chaos for a while. I don't. I do not see an outcome that that in my crystal ball that looks uh, good to me. Like it doesn't look good if Trump wins. It doesn't look good if Biden wins. Uh, both sides are conditioned to not believe the results, both sides. I often question whether the stuff I'm being fed about that is also just to get me all riled up because both sides are getting fed that it's going to be stolen, both. And there can only be one actual reason for that because they want us all hacked constantly. So, you know, I am not a person that's going to go riot, you know, whatever, you know, we'll get over it. But it's going to happen. I mean, there's already been constant rioting throughout the country since George Floyd. And it does happen periodically, but it's been constant since George Floyd. So we're already like primed. And I've been telling people, maybe the supply chains won't get messed up and maybe there will still be food there. Maybe there won't. But I think it's good to be prepared. And if anything, there will be a run on all the stores again there not going to be toilet paper and stuff, I bet. I mean, it's going to be a big run because everybody's going to be freaking out. So why not do it three weeks beforehand? You know, shit or get off the pot. I've been talking about this for a while. It's time to go get a little bit ready. And, uh, you know, I'm not going to actively argue one way or the other, but I'm just very deeply concerned. And I'm concerned that this is going to be the new normal constantly. And that my son, we have young children. That my the rest of my adult life will be crazy, and my children will grow up in a world that like we've never imagined. It, no matter what, and I think that it's very depressing to me. Um, it's not it's not a free country anymore, where you have to be afraid, scared to death for for repercussions uh, at work at your workplace based on what you think. I mean, that's where we're going.
2: I hate to say it, but I mean that
0: is wh- even it, maybe it's not even where we're going. It's it might be where we're at.
2: Oh, well, I had a friend of mine mentioned uh, to uh, he he works in a um, in a home for boys, and uh, one of the boys asked him a question about uh, the Bible, and he mentioned a couple of verses out of the Bible, and uh, for doing so, he got reprimanded, was threatened to be fired. Um they said they said that he'd have to sign a paper and go to sensitivity training. Um I told him I said what about your beliefs? What do you believe? And I I asked him I said is there any sensitivity training for what you believe? You are a part of that organization. Can you talk about anything anymore? It is sad that if you don't believe a certain way, your beliefs are discounted. They're not as important. They uh, are um, secondary to everyone else's beliefs. Uh, We are entering into a, a place where our attitudes about what we believe is being controlled by forces that um, want to tell you, if you don't believe this, you're not a part of the club. You're not a part of our, you're not going to be an employee of ours anymore. And, it is extremely important to have uh, multiple points of view. You, you hear people uh, on the left say that um, uh, multiple views or diversity is, is a good thing. I'll argue against that. It's not that diversity itself is, is good. It's a diverse nation under one flag, under one constitution, believing that you should have the right to say what you wish, regardless of who it offends. What we need instead of sensitivity training is toleration training. Well, yeah, I call it thick
0: skin training. Yes. if so, and, and, you know, if... If somebody says something that offends them, what's wrong with literally telling the person, hey, that offends me? Like, I mean, we're people here. Can't you Can't have an... But no, what's going on in these workplaces is the person leaves and tells HR and that person gets fired or sent to sensitivity training. Whereas the person that offended them, that said the things that offended them, probably could be offended all day long by things other people say to them, but they have thicker skin. Um, they just rolls off their skin. Okay, whatever. Um, some people just look to be offended.
2: Yes, they do. And,
0: and we have actually um, rewarded people for being offended now. So, like, it's actually uh, been a reinforced behavior because because now, if you're offended, you can make national news. You can type how you're offended on Twitter, and maybe more people repost it. And you can you can continue to check it on your phone to see if you've gotten more people retweet your tweet about being offended about something. So, people are getting gratification. I mean, we're it's. I don't know how else to describe it other than being offended has become a quote thing. (laughs) Um, Being tolerant is not.
2: Absolutely. Um, You know, I I think we need more tolerance instead of more sensitivity. I I think um, that's the sensitivity training is, is a means to an end. I mean, I think the end goal of um, training people to think that way is the same that you saw in Germany, Nazi Germany. Mm -hmm. Um, Hitler was effective with uh, so-called political correctness. And its very use in the U.S. today is for the same reason as it was for hitler it was to gain power yep to manipulate people
0: change the meaning of words like from justice uh to revenge but still call it justice but you mean revenge (laughs) um you know we're this cancel culture all this stuff it's very 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 scary i'm scared for our kids future i just don't think you know i think there's going to be and hopefully i'm wrong tony but i think starting after election day, maybe even election night, we're going to have riots in the streets of all major cities, maybe even small towns. And I think that it will probably be like that for eternity. You know, Hey, you want to go to, uh, you know, you want to take a Owen and Otto on a trip to uh, DC to see the Capitol. No, it's on fire all the time. I mean, it's like, it's like images of third world countries and we have nobody to blame for that, but the media and our politicians, well and defend people for buying into it
2: I, I i think there's there's two ways to solve it and getting back to the original uh reason that we uh, came to discuss these type of issues is that it it gets back to some of the beliefs of our forefathers our, our forefathers um were were just brilliant men and they said that a country that was very well educated would always remain free of course I'm paraphrasing it and the the problem is is that we we have some failures in our education system and and one of the things that they warned against is um, the education being taken over by the federal government they said the party in power would be doing the indoctrinating what do we have now is my question. Um, Instead of reading and writing and arithmetic and um, kids uh, learning at a proficient level, we have kids learning about how to put um, rubbers on bananas or feminism, multiculturalism, environmentalism, socialism, communism. And um, all of those things are, I'm not discounting that those aren't important issues, but they those type of issues should be thought about at an at an older age in, in college and things like that. But we are being uh, we're indoctrinating our kids with things that they don't have the ability to um, discern or figure out or or to uh, cr- think critically about, um, and we're essentially when they can't think critically um, you are indoctrinating that child um, I think the basics are important and the, and the kids aren't um, aren't getting the basics I think one of the ways to com- combat what's going on in the world is uh, through education just like our forefathers said a well-educated society will not you know will always be free but they said however the state, should not be responsible for education. So maybe maybe we need to at a state level, not only a federal level, but even at a state level take back educating our children. Um maybe finding schools that um teach um all of the basics instead of um indoctrinating our children. So um Um, One is religion. Um, You know, we haven't tapped on to that uh, issue. Um, uh, This country was founded upon... um, All 13 colonies had one thing in common, and that was that they prayed to the same God. And um, religion... Was the source of, or the, or the, the source of the correction of many things that were bad in our society? Slavery, uh, women's suffrage. Uh, they um, thought of men as being equal to a king. Um, you, we wouldn't have the nation that we have without religion, um, and a lot of the things that are good about our nation was derived from it. Yeah. And, um, I I think, uh, educating our own children and, uh, getting back, uh, to religion. Um, you, you look at all evil regimes, uh, throughout history. Um, I, I always reference uh, Hitler and and uh, and in Germany uh, because um, if you're if you don't have a God, then you're going to look up to human beings being the all powerful, the final authority. Yes.
0: <clears throat> yeah, we, we we have gotten our the people in this country so conditioned to looking for the answers to everything in our government. Um, You know, you could hear that in that debate, that vice presidential debate the other night, you know, one was the government basically is going to find all your answers for you. And the other one was clearly said by Pence that we believe kind of in your individual freedom and that the American people are able to make their own decisions And that they're wise enough to to make them correctly. And and I personally am of the opinion that um, you know, you make bad decisions, you live with the consequences of them, but those decisions are on you, not on the government. That's like the point of that's what that's what separates this country from every other country. You know, yeah, you have the right to fail. You have the right to screw up, you have the right to set up a business and not require someone to wear masks except apparently you don't but i mean let's just say you, you you're supposed to well what if patrons the majority of your patrons don't want to go there because you you know you don't want to wear a mask and there's a bunch of masks people there maybe you're going to change your structure and and without being told to but because that's just how it happens and you're able to use your freedom you're able to fail you're able to do something maybe it succeeded it doesn't matter you see what I'm saying? So I think that the same thing is happening on a massive scale for the entire country. We're not allowing our children to fail. We're not allowing, especially big, we're not allowing huge businesses to fail. We're not allowing anything to fail. Everything is constantly propped up. Now, and I'm not referring specifically during these pandemic times. This is a, this is a totally different time. I just mean naturally. You know, the government is always there to make sure that you don't that everything that you try succeeds. And that's not how you learn. It's not how you get stronger. It's not how you do anything, because it's not real. And how long is that sustainable? I think that in itself is ruining everything. I mean, you gotta you got to be free to fail.
2: Well, you, th- you think about it in, just in your family. If you overly coddle a child, that child then does not have the ability to cope, to get along in life, to make good decisions because everything was done for that child. You take that to the to the level of government. You overly coddle an industry or a, a group of people. Um and you don't allow them to, to grow and to expand and to become uh, what God intended them to become, mm-hmm. uh, and you take away all consequences for all of their actions, what are you left with? You're left with someone who is dependent on you. And uh, whether it's in your family or at a higher level, we have to teach children to become independent. The Declaration of Independence, yeah, we, comes we, to mind. If if you make yourself independent from a from authority or, a, or an authoritarian government or whatever, uh, you're you're going to uh, learn a skill set that's going to serve you better than being coddled by that government. And uh, there's so many stories out there of people who thought it was a good idea to get on to welfare. Later on, they grew as a person, uh, didn't see their lives going anywhere. They were depressed. Uh, They had within them, um, God given talents that they started to, um, use to get along in life and soon became very successful uh, monetarily and um, uh, through their accomplishments or merit or whatever and were finally understood that instead of helped they were hindered in life Mm -hmm. and um, I think it's a family's uh, responsibility uh, the schools the churches to um, pull that out of people their, their god-given talents and so often uh, you look at the school systems they have uh, systems in place which um, overly coddle a child and uh, put a stamp on their head that i'm ld or i'm ADHD BD or adhd and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy and, and it becomes a crutch and a crutch in life. And um, um, people who um, are weaker minded, they are going to fall prey to that. And we've, we've got to lift up and help those people and to get out of them their full potential
0: little owen keeps poking his head in my studio. <laughs> We've been at this for an hour and 20 minutes. So we might be might need to wrap it up here soon. Oh, but okay. um not to cut your thoughts off, but I think that it's a good a good way to end it somewhat is to just talk about the coddling of the American mind, which is actually a book written by Jonathan Haidt. But it's just like, we're all coddled and being on our devices and stuff, too from a psychological and social pr- thing also kind of coddles us. It makes us, it's like, it's like having a pacifier. It makes us lazy. Yeah. It's like, it's like it's our pacifiers now. I don't feel good at all. Oh, gonna turn on my device and go through social media. Um, It's like sucking on a passy, you know, but uh, we're all, I, at least I hate, I don't want to speak for everybody, but I look at my phone very, very often. Um, but, you know, I don't think we raised a lot of good questions, a lot of important issues um, you know I just hope everything is gonna be okay. Uh, I'm still gonna be prepared if things kind of get a little bit unsettled around here but um, and I hate that I cut you off mid thought there, but we, uh, we do kind of my son need it's always people that have followed me and listened to most of my podcasts all the way through. there's always something with my son that uh, gets it gets it gets it ending here. But, Tony, I'd love to have you back on here, and maybe we can hash out some other issue or just talk um, at any time. But, man, I've really enjoyed it.
2: Yes, I have too. Thank you.
0: Yeah, no problem, man. Take it easy. I hope everybody enjoyed.
1: look around my home It's a perfect little hideaway for me to own This pretty village said my name you know and Generations use their minds to hollow out the stones This will be our little secret Cross your heart and hope to die today The door on your way
2: in Call
1: again when hell is frozen over Yes, I'm the yes. This will be our little secret Cross your heart and hope to die Today time will pass us by And we can be gone within the blink of an eye We can hold each other in the eye Strong against the face of Ill. I'm a force of nature Like a wet weekend This will be our little secret I'm a rock of ages Like a sad old man This will be our little secret Today, time Hold each other in the eye of the storm. We will be strong.